I mean, now here we are doing this. <laughs> yeah, but you've got an F1 driver. Well, that's it. Okay, I, no, I'm not an F1 driver no, yet. No, just, Almost. Just, oh, that's how we've been, that's how we've been promo. <laughs> for the last week. <laughs> F1 driver. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Pit Stop Podcast. It's your two favourite podcasting lads. And today, yeah, today is a very special episode once again, isn't it? We have got a very special guest with us on our sofa. Our first ever Formula One driver to join us here in our flat. Mate, we've done it. We said at the start of this year we wanted to get an F1 driver in our living room. We've done a few drivers, mm-hmm. but we've always been elsewhere. But now this guy is sat right in front of us. I can't, I can't believe it. Ladies and gentlemen, Oscar Piastri. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Whoa! Hey, round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. Cheers. Thank you for having me. How's things, mate? How was the journey here? Was it okay? Uh, yeah, it was okay. Bit of a bit of a drive, but uh, no, it was pretty good. Not too much traffic. I was expecting there to be much more traffic being in London, but yeah. It was, it was a smooth journey. We're a little bit further out here, so it's not yeah. so bad. It's good to see you again, mate, because we've bumped into you before. Yes, yeah, I was going to say you have bumped into I me. I was going to say, near, do you remember that? I don't, near, near my place. And, It'd uh, be so funny to hear that story from your point of view, because I'd love to tell you it from ours. Yeah, well, <laughs> from my point of view, it was, I think, I, I, I think one of you got, I think it was you, Jake, that yeah, got in touch. And... Uh, I, I can't remember when it was. It was like April or May or something. I think something. it might have been like, it was just as we started. It was slightly like, earlier. Basically, yeah, when we launched earlier. the pod, I'd said from the beginning, you were someone I wanted to get on. Yeah. Um, so we'd reached out to you straight away. Yeah. Even though the pod was like brand new and you'd come back fair enough and been like, yeah, all right, I'm up for it. And yeah. And we bumped into you like literally a couple of days later. Yeah. And um, yeah, we were, at, we were at Ollie's house. Yeah. Just did a podcast with Ollie Caldwell at his flat. Great guy. Coming out, um, we were actually talking about you. We were stood, we were stood in yeah, his hallway yeah. talking about. He was like, "Oh yeah, Oscar lives down the hallway." We we're like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. As you come out the front door, you're literally walking down yeah. the hallway, and so there's this awkward moment where we're, <laughs> we're about to get in the lift, and I say to Jake, "Like, do we wait for him?" Or like, we're like, "No, nah, no, nah, that's not. That's fucking weird." And then we waited downstairs for you, and then mm. yeah, I didn't. Yeah. In all fairness, I was saying, "No, let's go to the car. Like, it'll be weird if we wait." And I was Bans like, "No, like, no, we have to say hello." Yeah. So we're stood at the bottom of the lift. You come out. We're like. Oscar, hello. Yeah. Well, because for me, I, like, it took me a couple of seconds, but then I realised who you guys were, and then I was kind of like, because I, I think I think we'd actually declined that interview for that at that time, <laughs> or I, I don't know, it got, no, yeah, got handballed off to someone else. I put it off to whoever I was yeah, dealing no, with, yeah. and and then I think that got a no because obviously this would have happened much earlier. Otherwise, yeah, no, it but, did get um, declined. So I was kind of like, oh, we've. I think we've just said no to these guys and now they're at my house. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, that he was, was funny. To avoid us, but but we was made it and look, you got me over to your place. So, uh, yeah, I can't done. believe you're coming. Thank you so much for being the, the first one to actually be on our sofa in our flat. It's pretty crazy. You've drove here and you still, you're still living where you were before. Yeah. Yeah. For, for now, probably not going into next year. Yeah. Fair. New house. But, yeah. Probably. Bigger but, house. Uh, probably. Uh, maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, we'll actually see. on that. I've yet. seen a video of you online, and yeah. I want to jump straight to it. It's of someone's filming you, maybe yeah. a, a flatmate or someone, and obviously there's stuff all over your room because you travel a lot, same yeah. as us. Um, oh, the curtain. Yeah, mate, <laughs> I know you love your sleep, and yeah. I've seen, I saw you had a blackout blind, Yeah, but it cracked me up because a blackout blind didn't cover the whole window. I'm trying to think of that black, Where that blackout that? blind because so that, I live with. Uh, it might be a long time. Ago. I live with Kyle Collette in. He races in F3 this year, 
Um, and that might have been our, I think that was our old flat. Um, and I, well, it was my girlfriend actually bought, um, yeah, this blackout blind, but it was getting to the point where like during the day it was so dark yeah. that I could, I just couldn't see anything. So I left a little bit open because then, then I was waking up and like, um, sometimes you can get a rough idea of what time it is like 5am, 6am or 9am. But sometimes, you know, like if I'd had a late night. I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, it's still pitch black. I must, you know, I've got a few hours of sleep. About to sleep. Check my phone and it's like midday or something already. So <laughs> sounds, like like, it it just, sounds like us. It sounds like us. I thought you'd just bought a blind from the shop, put it up and realize it didn't fit the window. No, no, there was. <laughs> so my girlfriend bought, uh, I think she bought two of them. And so if I wanted to, I could have blacked out, like blacked out the whole room and the next wall and everything. And then when we left that flat, I, um, so my, Obviously, I've lived on my own for quite a while, but there's still quite a few things that I'm picking up as I go along with life experience. So, mm. you know, as we all are, exactly. Yeah. You know those little sticky things you put on the wall to like the Velcro yeah. things. Yeah, uh, oh, command, command strips. strips. Yes, those. that's what we stick everything up. So I can up see with. you guys have also had some difficulties yeah. on, the, on, the, on the wall there. <laughs> Many holes in the wall. Yeah, and I'm, the amount of times I've tried to put bitches up in the middle of the night is just. <laughs> yeah, so I. Yeah didn't realize that when you're supposed to unstick them you're supposed to pull them a certain way or like try and peel them off a certain way oh did you pull half the wall off with it well not half the wall but about it was a pretty old flat so it'd been repainted a few times so probably about an inch of paint came off <laughs> and there was like i don't know 15 velcro strips so yeah that was a that came out of the deposit after that flat but kayo he uh we had a roll of duct tape i don't know why but he duct taped the curtain to the window so smart then, so then we spent like one afternoon trying to get rid of all the glue from the duct tape <laughs> because we just left all these marks over the window so yeah. it just sounds like us I yeah know. no it is it's just it's just lads young lads trying to figure out life exactly. I, i've read all your tweets because we were doing our research yeah. we've actually done research for today's episode we did we, we dived deep. Be worth we it. Yeah. deep and yeah i was reading the tweets you were you're cooking yes i've been reading about cooking. all the tweets about cooking you oh, the prawn, prawn pasta that looked really good yeah no that one was good that one had some assistance from my girlfriend but i i'm gonna take the credit for that one but my girlfriend does help me out with with the cooking i haven't set too many things on fire recently which is which is good <laughs> my cooking my cooking's not bad i'm surprised you didn't set your clothes on fire i saw you using your oven to dry your clothes yeah so that flat was <laughs> the i i can't remember what what the issue was there but Basically, it was taking forever for our clothes to dry because I don't. I just think it stayed quite cold and there wasn't really any air passing through. So, I it's genius. As a I was going to say, it's, it's, genius, a, it's a genius mate. idea because yeah. we should do it. No matter how you explain it, it's genius. I know. So, uh, wow, that's what I thought. And then I started getting comments of like carbon monoxide poisoning and all Ooh, sorts of stuff. Oh yeah. And I was like, mm, maybe this isn't such a good idea anymore. But anyway, I got my clothes in a dry enough state that I could wear them because I think I was going somewhere important that's why i resorted to desperate measures but um yeah I, ha I haven't had to do that one since so hopefully i've now got a washer dryer in my new place so um that's good kyo's had an incident with that where he didn't realize that the dryer isn't for all clothes okay so uh, a lot of his uh like sports tops ended up becoming about three sizes smaller yeah so he took the hit on that once so i didn't have to learn that one myself <laughs> um but i also asked my mum whether i should do that or not so you know i'm still still asking mum for all sorts of stuff even though she's on the other side of the world oh man i'm we're, we're nearly 27 i still ask my mum every day <laughs> didn't i call her up yesterday yeah, yeah, you did. i was like mum what setting should i wash the clothes on because they all shrink yeah i put a dishwasher tablet in the washing machine oh no that's not clever no but they do kind of look the same 
They, so yeah, they do kind of look the well, same. Easy mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all just support each other here. No, but um, yeah, you drove it today. Well, thank you so much for being here. We would love That's to right. talk to you about your journey, you know, start yeah. to finish and get into all of that. Um, I did just want to say, though, before we do that, how do you find it driving a normal car compared to a racing car? Do you get bored? Um, no. I, I, like, I mean, it's very, very different. Like, there's a lot. There's actually, I actually find driving on the road... Like, there's a lot of things you got to look out for. you got to look out for people. you got to look out for cars coming the other way. Like, on a racetrack, it's actually reasonably simple. Okay, you're going really fast, but... You, you haven't just, got a park on a race. I you, saw you your parking down there. It was a bit... Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the best. I'll give you that. Um, and it's a sport car too, so that's bad. Um, but, like, on a racetrack, you just go straight and straight. drive fast. And, yeah, okay, you got other people going pretty quick as well but you know you don't have cars going left or right center, or... or bikes or people walking around, or, you know dogs running out across so it's there's enough to keep you entertained on the road as well in a very different way but yeah, maybe it's slow maybe i could ask that question that my dad had oh yeah it's a good time to do that yeah so, so do you drive an automatic or do you drive a manual uh at the moment a manual but that, that like the car i came in this morning is not actually my car i'm borrowing a car because mine's getting fixed at the moment Fair. um but normally an automatic so if you were driving an automatic would you use left foot braking in a normal car no. you wouldn't no because okay, so that clears that up for your dad that does yeah my, my burning question my dad had yeah because like the the pedals are all offset for like your right foot still so even if you try to left foot brake like your foot basically ends up on top of your right foot and, right and like I think my I think most racing drivers' legs, or their left leg is trained to hit the brake pedal really, really hard. I've tried left foot braking. Yeah, so it's, it's smash my it's, head against the windscreen. Yeah, it's not good. So right foot braking all the way. There you go, Dad. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> there you go, Aldo. Hope you like that one, mate. We got so many. There's so much to talk about. Um, but let's start right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, your car, well, your childhood and your karting days. Let's talk about well, that. We can start. I think earlier was. The earliest smoke control car racing. Oh, yeah. Like the first thing yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I've so, got to show you this. Look at this. I used to do it. Did you really? Yeah, look at this. That's me and my remote control car, and I won trophies in that. Yeah. I see, I see you're I, a Red Bull fan from the, uh, from the very <laughs> early days. I a Red Bull in my car from the beginning. <laughs> I remember actually, It's just the hair for me. I remember um, getting my mum to buy me that shell off eBay. I mm. found it online. I remember changing all the engines, yeah. like everything you'd do. It'd be in the back of a car boot, like you'd be driving around doing it all. Yeah, no, that, that was, it was good fun. That's where I started. So I was like, I think six or seven years old. And originally it was me and my dad, we started racing um, off-road, uh, like electric remote control cars. And then like that was, no, not electric, sorry, it was nitro. So like they had nitro fuel and all sorts of stuff. And then my dad, I think after a couple of years, kind of realized that maybe that's not the best environment for a six-year-old to be in with like, <laughs> you know, poisonous nitrous Fair. and all sorts of stuff. And the other thing was like, you have to go out to the to the track and like marshal the next race. So they have a bunch of different classes, and then like if someone rolls their car over, like the people from the race yeah, before have to go pick that. it up. You stand on the corners, right? And of and course, I was six or seven, and like there's these cars flying through the air at like you know nearly a hundred kilometers an hour in some cases. Are they that quick? Yeah, yeah they're, hey, they're quick. They're really quick. Damn. So my dad was like, "There's no way you're doing that." So it was you know it was a lot of he had to go do it. And he would race himself, so he was you know running all over the place doing it. So then we went to on-road cars, um, and that was easier for me. 
to you know just do stuff and you know it was electric and not as much stuff to kill myself with so that was that was good i could actually do more stuff but it's really it's really really technical like honestly there's probably more stuff you can change on one of those cars than you can on on a race car like compared to f2 and f3 okay f1 you build the whole car but like f2 and f3 there was definitely i reckon more stuff you could change on a remote wow. control car that's you know like what's that half a meter long or not even I remember all the parts you could get for him. You could get like different engines, different everything. We used to do it in the back of Simon's car. We'd literally have the boot open, all the stuff. I did did have one as a kid, but I never, I never competed, but I did have one. Yeah. But like, it was all kinds of stuff. I used to race competitively. Like we raced at the the national championships and all sorts of stuff. So we used to go into interstate in Australia and yeah, you know, you rock up to a race and you've got like a box full of like shock, different thickness of shock oils to, you know, change that stuff and, you know, 50 sets of tires. Yeah, loads of wheels. And, you know, and you can use, like, it's basically open slather. Like, you can use tire treatment. Again, there's some pretty lethal chemical combinations in there. But, like, you can, you know, tire warmers, tire treatment stuff. Like, there's all sorts of stuff you can do on there. It It was good fun. And I think it helped a little bit when I went to karting because, like, I knew a little bit roughly like what a racing line was, sort of how to race, even if, you know, it's a bit different when you're holding a remote control versus yeah, sitting yeah, in the yeah. car because things Did hurt you use when you one crash. of the remote controls where you hold the square or where you're doing the round thing? No, no, with the, like the actual wheel, not like the, the yeah, joysticks. Yeah, 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 I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, people started using them at my club. It wasn't national. It was like a local club. Yeah. But we still competed. I traveled around Sussex. That's unreal. <laughs> so like the level before. You've never really national. told me about this. Mate, I used to love it. <laughs> I used to love it. And every, Maybe you could have been a driver. Everyone knew me as the guy that would just smash into everyone, as you know. <laughs> I, I would be losing. Still and carrying just, that yeah. trade through to <laughs> yeah, the one yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it hasn't changed. Mm. So did you know at that, that young age of six that you wanted to become a driver or was it just a hobby that you enjoyed uh, at that point it was just a hobby that i enjoyed like my dad basically just bought them and he was like do you want to have a go and we like at the very beginning we just started taking it out in like the backyard or the school oval we i think we got in trouble a couple of times at school for fanging them around there but <laughs> then we started competing and then like we met someone through there who was sort of like in the karting scene and he, like he had a daughter who had a go-kart and he was actually the first person who gave me a, a go and a go-kart. That was when I was, I think, like nine at that point. Um, so then once I did that, then I was kind of like, oh, okay, I think I actually like this more than remote control cars. Yeah. And then started that journey off. And then, you know, at the, even in karting though, I was just doing it for fun at the start. Yeah, like yeah. I was reasonably decent from the outset, but like at the beginning, it never really crossed my mind that I'd be, you know, firstly moving to the other side of the world five years or six years from that point. And then, you know, reaching F1, that was, yeah, that was not what I was thinking That's at all so at that point. It was just have fun and, and enjoy it. So. How old were you when you moved to England? I was 14. So and I moved for the first six months with my dad. And then uh, when the school year started in September of 2016, I went to boarding school. So I went to boarding school for four years um, and then... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I don't know anyone that's been to boarding school like at all. I don't have any mm. friends who do. What What is it like? Like, because um, I used to be petrified of it. Not gonna lie, because yeah. my mum used to make jokes about it. Yeah, like, no, oh, I, <laughs> my mum used to joke about it. If I was naughty, like I'd have yeah. to go stay somewhere and couldn't come back. Well, well I was not only are, like yeah. not only are you away from your family, but you're on the other side of the world. Yeah, that that was. Like, I think being with my dad for the first six months helped quite a lot because I had him there and I could, you know, 
learn some things with his guidance and stuff like that. Um, but for me, boarding school was actually, I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, the thought of it when I first went there was like, oh shit, I'm going to boarding school. Like, this, yeah. is, this mm. is the stuff of nightmares for, you know, 13, 14 year old kid. I don't know why, but I imagine it like, like you see on TV, like old fashioned where there's just loads of single beds all next to each other. But I'm guessing you actually probably <laughs> like have a room, right? Yeah, well, you've got like... <laughs> not like a prison, but like, yeah. I imagine it like in the old days, like Victorian, where there's like just loads of beds in one big There's a toilet in the room. No, no it's not, it's not, it's, it's changed from there. It. It I don't was, know why I imagine it like that. It was like, it was all right. Like the, the younger kids, like I think the year level below what I joined, like they all stayed in the same big room so there's probably like 10 of them there um but then after that you're in like rooms of two the like when you get to sixth form you're in rooms of one usually so yeah it's it's pretty good but i think if i hadn't have been able to go out and go racing every few weeks or so would it have been the choice probably not um but i think for me school actually was really beneficial because like those six months with my dad like okay it was nice that i had my dad there but like i wasn't really doing school i wasn't really doing anything apart from going to go-kart races so then like you know you'd spend the next two or three weeks in between races just overthinking everything like that's a bit of a habit of mine that i've been trying to get Mm -hmm. rid of just overthinking stuff Mm -hmm. and especially at that point like when you've got no school you don't know anyone there you've got your dad you know he's working quite a lot of the time like you just overthink all the time and then it's it's not really that healthy i don't think so then when i went to school like i was quite fortunate that all the people in my boarding house um because not everyone can board um or not everyone chooses to so my house all of the people in my year level actually boarded with me so there was like 10 of us so it was kind of like living with you know eight or nine or ten of your, your mates yeah um so that was actually really really good for me do you remember like going back to boarding school when you were like having dinner or chatting to your friends or having lunch at that time in your head did you think or even believe that you would be in formula one like um when you put yourself back then and you're in boarding school you've moved to england to, mm. f- to focus on racing did you believe you could do it uh I, well at the start i think i think i believed it was was possible but i never really like almost i almost never dared to think about it because i knew the chances of it were so so small um and at that point i really just wanted to become a professional racing driver in anything really like getting paid to drive race cars that was the first aim and goal that i had um and of course you know the the best way to do that is by going through the junior single seater categories and then they went well and then they sort of just got better and better and better and then you know it was only really when i got into f2 where i was like okay like there's no more junior categories after this like this is the last step um and even at the start of that year i was like you know it might not happen this year and you know there's probably going to be another year of f2 and you know even still like the chances of that of getting to F1 are, are really slim. Like, you know, even with, with my career, I won F2 and then had the year out this year. And, you know, there was not, there was there was a few moments of uncertainty even to get into F1 for next year. So, you know, I, I knew at that point the chances were so slim that I just wanted to go racing and do that yeah. as a job. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask that. I mean, you've had a, you had a year off. Mm. What were you feeling in that year? I mean, you kind of just answered the question, but what what is it like? You know that you've just won F2. You know, the next step is F1, but it's so hard to get into. Mm. You've got 20 people 
and so many other people trying to get into the sport as well. What were you feeling at that time? Um, I think once I went, well, like I found out that I wasn't going to be on the F1 grid before <laughs> F2 finished okay. that year. Um, so I was announced as Alpine's reserve. Things before the last two rounds of, of F2. So I knew from, yeah, before the season finished that I wasn't going to be in F1 the next year, um, which was a bit disappointing, I can't lie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this year we've, we've had a good testing program with, with Alpine um, and, and you know, that was sort of the, um, you know, the, the next best thing we could do once, once it, you know, I wasn't going to get a seat. Mm. Um, but you know, I'm a racing driver and, and I want to go racing. Yeah, you want to so race. It's been, it's been, been a bit tricky, especially, you know, I think it first hit me when I went to the first race and, you know, there's, um, you know, there's F1, but then there's also F2 and F3 there. And, you know, it's the people I've been racing against and, you know, looking up to for the last four or five years. And, you know, everyone's there racing all the people that I raced against the year before over there racing. And then there's kind of just me standing there watching so you know that was a bit hard to deal with that's got to be tough to see to see them all go out and doing it and you're just like oh man i want to be on that track if pretty much yeah and you know i knew i had a bit of comfort knowing that you know the reason i was was sitting out was because i literally didn't have any other junior categories to race Mm. um so i knew that i had sort of like you know i I knew i had my championships on the board and you know that was never going to change um so i knew that sort of I'd done everything I could to prove myself already. Um, so that part wasn't too frustrating or concerning. It was more just, you know, I really want to go racing. Yeah. Mm. Your journey's incredible as well because you have three championships in a row, isn't it? Yeah. Was it even four? Three? Uh, three, yeah. In yeah. your rookie season too? Uh, the F- F3 and F2 are my rookie season, yeah. My Euro Cup was, was second, yeah. I can't even imagine what it's like to win one champ. All, all the trophies in me of the remote control cars, their third trophy. So I've never won any. So I can't <laughs> imagine. on the podium, though. Mm. on the podium. Yeah, Don't knock yourself. I was actually going to edit a photo of me on the podium. But I didn't get around to it. No, yeah. What does it feel? Do you remember winning your first, like the, was it Renault Formula 4? Or am I wrong? Uh, it was Formula Renault Euro Cup. So it's. That's not far off for me. Not, to not be far fair. off. So it's like, it's what Formula Regional uh, is today. It's the same championship, but it's just a different name. Is that what's the difference, like skill level wise, right? Because could we get into Formula Four? Is what we're asking. Uh, just say no. You don't have to pretend. <laughs> I think with I think with enough, like I think without doing karting beforehand, it's it's difficult um, because like you learn so much in karting. Not so much about you know there's there's things that don't really translate in terms of driving from go karts to F4 yeah fair but like just having other people around you on track like learning how to race against people mm. like that stuff is what karting is so good for um so you probably could and with enough testing like you'd probably be be <laughs> decent like i don't think it's outside the realms of possibility I don't know. I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen you guys drive, so I, I haven't seen your lap times on the on the sim yet. But oh yeah. Oh well, we ha- we actually haven't mentioned that the yet. People listening have no yeah. idea. Yeah. No, th- this this leaderboard's been in the background of our videos for quite a while. We haven't really mentioned anything. For those of you much watching about on YouTube. It. For those of you watching on YouTube, if you're not, go check out the video. Um, we'll talk about that later. Yes. We'll get into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Yeah. So Renault Euro Cup Formula Four, you won it. What yeah. was it like winning your first? championship do you remember that moment that day do you remember what you did after uh, it? i i remember 
like that whole week before. So the the race was in Abu Dhabi in I think it was like October. So it was hot. It was like thirty six degrees or something and pretty humid. Um, and yeah, that was the like pretty much the first time in my life I'd been in like a championship deciding situation. I was either going to come first or second. Um, and yeah, I, I I won the first race of that weekend, so I had a pretty big buffer into the second race of the, the, the last race. Um, but like I remember, like I physically felt weak at some points because I was you know so nervous and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it was firstly a massive relief when I won the championship. But like I think with all of my championships, not so much F two because I it was a bit more comfortable that year. But Formula Renault and F three. The first one was like massive relief because they both went down to the wire. Um, but, you know, it's such a, a happy feeling after yeah. after you win. And I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position where I haven't come out on the other side of that yeah. yet. Like I haven't finished Perfect second. Perfect uh, Yeah, so it's been it's been good from that side of things. But, um, you know, it's it, even even in F2, you know, I had a, a decent point, decent point gap. Um but even still, like, you still get nervous, you know, all it takes is a crash here, a crash there, the other guy to do well, and all of a sudden it's, you know, you can level up so quickly and all sorts of stuff goes through your head. So um, I can imagine because you're racing an F4, which is massive, mm. and then you've got this chance to win a championship, like, the mm. night before or even that week yeah. before. It must be all you can think about. Like, I would be there. I wouldn't... I'd just be lying in bed all night thinking, uh, what if that's you wouldn't sleep. What if that uh, happens, it, was, it was really... It was pretty hard stuff, like... There, there was me and, and Victor Martins actually who was were, were fighting for the championship um, and the sort of story of that season was it was more or less me or him winning every race um, so we went into the last round especially at the end of the season so at the end in the, into the last round um, the it was basically me or him that was going to win both races probably or a combination of the two mm-hmm. um, and Victor came out in practice and i'd been to abu dhabi a couple of times before that so i was reasonably confident victor hadn't been there before uh-huh. um and then we went out for the first practice session and victor was a second faster than all of us like i was my engineer was coming on the radio and he was like we're one second off compared to victor and we're p2 so i was like oh shit like that's that's not good because then it you know at least if i was further back at least there was other people that could take points off him yeah because the scenario was if he won both races and i finished second in both races i would have lost by half a point it really was that so i was like okay i like if he wins both races i'm i lose and if i come second which is a very good chance i will in these two races i'm gonna lose by half a freaking point so that was like that scenario going in was like i cannot let that happen otherwise i'm yeah. you know it's going to be chaos so uh unfortunately that that didn't happen and you know i never had to relive that scenario but yeah it was a, a tough one it wasn't it was, even long ago no that that's wasn't the crazy thing i oh, know it was three years ago because your a lot's happened so, since then like just win 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 yeah well, that, this is that's what hit me straight mm. away was going through your instagram right you can scroll all the way back to your mm. karting days, 2014. I think your first picture that's on there at the minute is like, was it practice for the for the nationals, karting nationals? Probably <laughs> something. Know. Probably you something. Know. something. I think like I that. can. I know. I think I can probably picture the, the photo on Instagram. Yeah, but yeah, it's it just a picture was. of the track. Yeah. But that's what we had this amazing conversation last night. Mm. Your your whole life 
is on Instagram. Everyone can see your come up. Yeah. And not many drivers have that. You're kind of like mm. a new generation, really. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is cool for the fans. I wanted your I wanted your perspective on it and also just generally like the media around F1. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think you're right. It's, you know, I think this sort of people that have just come into F1, like there's, we're sort of the first ones that have had social media since we were like kids, more or yeah. less. Um, so yeah, like, my I, ironically basically when i started doing good in karting was when my parents let me get instagram posting, yeah, yeah <laughs> so, perfect sense yeah so uh well it was my third it was when i turned 13 so they're like when you turn 13 because i think that's the yeah, official the age, age yeah. limit um so like when you turn 13 you can get it so i turned 13 and yeah just so happened that that's when things started going well in my career um so yeah it's nice to have that sort of all documented there and you know for for people to see it's it's nice you know i think if you if you're scrolling back that far back to photos from 2014 or whenever it was then you've probably got too much time on your hands all you're doing research is all you're doing research that's what it was, for, uh, that's all it was. Podcasts. wanted to be prepared you know? exactly. yeah we mm. found that we, now because we can actually have proper conversation we've done well today no. We have done we have done really well. We've got all this shit out of the way. Now we can just talk crap. No, no, exactly. we haven't yet. We haven't because there's things I need to ask about Formula 3. Jake, I would love to hear what you've got to ask about Formula 3, but I think first we should go for a little break. Oh, you want to have a break? Well, I think the people are enjoying the episode, but maybe they want to stick the kettle on, have a cup of tea. Maybe they've got something to do. Yeah, it's fair enough. You can always come back later. We hope you have enjoyed part one. Go and find part two if you want to listen right now. Rate the podcast five stars on your way. Click the follow button if you don't mind. Do all of it. Oscar's such a legend. I can't believe we had him on our sofa. Let's be honest, it's actually crazy that Oscar Piastri is sat on our sofa opposite us. This episode is amazing. We hope you've enjoyed part one. Part two is longer. Part two is better. You're going to (laughs) absolutely love it. They are. Guys, thanks for tuning in and see you in part two. Powered by Spirit Studios.